Welcome everybody to the Hunting Truths with Mike D and Carly B. Uh, the other morning, 5 a.m., my phone will not stop ringing. And what do you know? It's Carly with a question about hunting. <laughs> so I finally got around to calling her back because it was a crazy morning. And she's like, hey, I don't know what to do. I got all these does on camera and I want to get some bucks on camera. What do I do? And so anyways, we got, we got talking about it. I gave her some ideas, ended up working out. Um, she got, it was pretty cool how it all turned out, but, um, the whole point of this podcast and getting this thing started was, um, not everybody is open as Carly is to pick up the phone and ask a question that, you know, some people might think that's a dumb question to ask. It's not a dumb question at all. If you haven't set up cameras, and you haven't owned a piece of property or hunted on a piece of property before, then how would you know what to do? So I think it's a great question. My grandpa always said there's not dumb questions, there's dumb answers. So <laughs> Yeah, exactly. But I know it's intimidating. So I'm 29 years old, born and raised in Michigan, grew up around hunting. My dad was and is a big game hunter. Always been around it, but just got into hunting within the last five or six years. But um, it's, it's tough. It's traditionally a male dominated sport. You go to places and they ask you if, you know, if, if you're buying the gun for your boyfriend, <laughs> you know, you're like, what? No, the gun is for me. Thank you. Um, you know, so then you're like, then you're even more nervous to ask, you know, what, what, what does shot size mean initially, you know, and stuff like that. So, and you're, then you're really feeling like oh, this is they're a super dumb some question. Bullshit yeah, joke. <laughs> exactly. You know, so you're, you're nervous to ask these questions. So for me, I've been, you know, blessed by God, either with confidence or stupidity to ask these questions. And, you know, I want to open that door for people to, I'll ask those questions for you and hopefully, um, you know, help get people get those answers that they need so that they can at least be confident enough to put their boots on and get outdoors. That's what I want to do. I am blessed to have some resources like yourself um, in my life that, you know, can help me get my boots on and go outdoors and, and finally get some bucks on my trail cams, yeah. uh, you know, and be excited and, and have those resources to hopefully be successful, at least have fun with it, you know, and, and enjoy the outdoors. Yeah. So that's what I want to do. I'm excited. So I'm excited to have be starting this journey of hunting truths podcast and be asking all these questions you know whether it's about deer hunting uh which i'm kind of start just going down that journey with yeah. um whether it's duck hunting which i'm extremely passionate about um about to go on a bear hunt that'll be awesome else. yeah <laughs> so i'm excited about it obviously i mean you can kind of introduce yourself a little bit more you're yeah very well-rounded yeah it's it's all good um you know, not everybody, my dad was a hunter, my grandpa was a hunter, my uncle was a hunter, blah, 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 right? So not everybody had that succession and that legacy and those and those elders and, and then people surrounding them their whole life to, to help them. So I think it's important for me to pass it on not only to my sons and my daughter, you know, my wife, um, my friends, um, you know, but anybody else that I can. Um, I still learn every day, you know, every time I go on a hunt and I go meet new people, I'm learning different tactics. I'm learning from people. I mean, I got some awesome mentors, um, you know, at a high level in the hunting industry that, that have really helped me a lot. Um, you know, so it's important to give back, I guess is what I'm saying. And, and I want to be here to help. And, and it's a privilege that you called me and, and even thought of me to ask, I think it's great, you know? So, 
um, for any of you out there that have any questions that you think are dumb, <laughs> well, we got some dumb answers for you. <laughs> um, don't be shy. Um, and, uh, you know, let us what we can, let us know what we can do to help you. Yeah. So the guy out there that wants to get out, wants to start bow hunting, wants to start gun hunting for deer, or maybe even just get out in the marsh and shoot some ducks or, or go out goose hunting as much as you just don't like goose hunting, but <laughs> inside joke. But what I'm getting at is, um, there's a lot of people that want to get on the outdoors that want to get started that don't have the means, um, and don't have the information really is what it comes down to. So. Yeah. And I think that there's a lot of people that have questions and they don't want to ask them because you don't want to look dumb. You don't know who to ask. Yeah. And that's a big factor, especially when you're someone who's trying to get into it. Me as a woman trying to get into a, a sport that is traditionally male dominated. It's hard to find a person that you can ask a question to when you think it might be a dumb question. Oh, yeah. And know that they're not going to give you shit or at least maybe they'll give you some shit but they'll actually give you an answer a lot of people are so protective over their spots you know the sports keep saying that they want to recruit reactivate reactivate retain but a lot of people are not about that whatsoever right (laughs) (laughs) not at all No. Uh, the last thing they want to do is tell you good advice um the last thing they want is to see you be successful. You know, that's not what they really want to see. So uh, they're not going to give you truthful answers. They're not going to tell you how to be successful in the field. Um, So that's what I want to see is I want to see us, um, you know, give people answers so that they can be successful. And I think it can be intimidating. So I'm somebody who doesn't necessarily give a shit about asking the dumb questions. Somehow, God gifted me with a little bit of confidence um, or maybe a little bit of too much stupidity. I don't know. One of the two. And I'm not afraid to ask those dumb questions. So that was my idea is get with you. Um, I'll ask the dumb questions and you'll get the answers. And if you don't know the answer, uh, which you haven't not known an answer yet. Well, there's a lot I don't know, (laughs) but we'll figure it out. We'll get an honest answer. We'll help people. Yeah. Um, and along the way, not make people feel stupid about it. Yeah, exactly. So my, my dumb question that five in the morning, one day woke up, I just bought some acreage. I'm super excited about it. And my, my question was, I've been getting trail. I put some trail cams out based on some information that I just saw online on some spots. And I'm like, this feels like a hot spot. (laughs) Um, and been getting pictures, but the trail cam pics have been of does. So my my question that morning was, damn, I keep getting pictures of does. What's a girl got to do to get a buck pick? Like, what do I got to do? <laughs> Everyone else be posting pictures of them and I can't get like I can't seem to get one. And it seemed like a dumb question because everyone else is posting them. And it, it really it seemed like a dumb question. So, you know, what? I, I woke <laughs> up and started blowing you up at 5 a.m. Because I'm good. like, yeah. I have an amazing idea for a podcast. This yeah. is like what seems like the dumbest question. But I feel like there's got to be other people out there who have like the same question as me um, who are trying to get into it. So I wanted to talk about it, um, you know, and ask other questions along the way. But, you know, Mike, what's a girl or other <laughs> hunter got to do to get a trail cam out there and get a, a buck pick? I, I think it comes down to, to be honest with you, to trial and error. I think you can, depending on the time, you, there's so many variables, right? Like during the rut, um, you know, the bucks are everywhere. So it all depends on where they're tending does. I mean, there's a hundred answers, but the short answer would be um, to try different pinch points, you know, where your woods come down, um, try different, 
you know, on trails, different crossings along creeks, you know, basically where deer are funneling and there's high concentrations coming into food plots and different things um, is where you want to be. Um, you know, your deer are going to get in there and when the acorns start falling, you, you need to be near acorns because they're going to be in there eating on them. And um, early in the season, you're going to want to be near, let's say you got some bean fields, you're, you know, up here in Michigan, you're going to want to be near that transition on them pinch points out to the bean fields where them bachelor groups of bucks are sticking together. Okay. Um, you know, a lot of times them bucks are, are nocturnal. So they're the last ones into the field and they're the first ones out of the field. So just finding that pinch point early season right now, um, you, you want to be on the, on a pinch point next to where, uh, you know, there's a bean field or whatever they're feeding on. Okay. So, all right. Um, all right. Um, for someone who might not know what, what is rut, what am I looking for? What's going to be like the signs of that? Okay. So, you know, you got your early season, the bucks are in velvet. Um, they're going to come out of velvet. They're going to, um, go hard horned. Um, and at that time, you know, they're going to start getting that testosterone full and they're going to be starting to think about the ladies and then they're going to start opening scrapes so they can, um, from a scent standpoint, um, they can use all them different glands and stuff that they have, um, to communicate with each other as far as the herd is concerned. So, um, you know, you'll be able to, the the, uh, bucks are going to start establishing their area, their dominance, you know, they're going to start taking over their territory. So they're going to make scrape lines. Um, they're going to be looking for, for that. Um, you're going to be looking overhanging, um, branches along, um, different trails, um, different openings, um, you know, where they're going to be, you know, licking and, and leaving their scent and, and rubbing their glands to communicate with the deer, you know, okay. to communicate with them does that they they've mated with over the years or, you know, whatever comes along quite okay. frankly, but. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now this seems like another dumb question, but. I was out pheasant hunting and this was a, a dumb thought that I had, but I was out pheasant hunting and walking the field and I was like, well, I wonder if this is a scrape or I saw a tree stand like further along the line. And I was like, wait, I wonder if this is one that someone had made. Cause I think don't people make like yeah. big scrapes. Yeah. So some people so, make mock scrapes. Okay. How would I tell the difference? <laughs> <laughs> That's like what I really thought. I was like, how do I tell the difference? Like, how do I know? Well, there's a lot of times when a guy will go out, he'll make a mock scrape. It turns into a real scrape, right? So the ah, deer start using it. And next thing you know, they're using it as, you know, either um, their particular scrape in that area or there'll be several bucks using it as a community scrape. Oh, multiple deer will scrape at the same spot? Absolutely. Okay. So like, And so they're rubbing. And so a scrape and a rub are different. Absolutely. Or, okay. So, so you, a scrape is something, you know, they're scraping on the ground. ground. Okay. Um, they got a licking branch. You know, it's a way for them to... to uh, to, to trade scent and communicate with each other in the herd. Um, and then you'll have a rub line, which typically is from their beating, uh, bedding to feeding area. And, uh, you know, that's more or less where the bucks are, are, are rubbing their antlers, shedding their velvet, um, you know, and then they're also leaving scent along them trails as a dominance thing. Like, Hey, this is my area. This is my travel corridor. Stay out of it. Okay. You know, establishing that dominance so that that way they have the breeding rights. Okay. Now, if I feel like I found like a relatively hot spot for a trail cam to go, how long do you think I should take to trust that? Like how long should I give a spot? Immediately go in, um, set it up. And when you're setting up a trail cam, like this is a cell cam. I like cell cams because you're putting less sun in the woods. So you're going to go in, you're going to hang your camera. It's going to send you pictures and you're not going to be in there 
grabbing the SIM card. Hey, I wonder what's on my camera. So because the more times you go in and you put pressure, um, you know, you're going to run them big bucks out of there. Um, I mean, there's a whole nother thing about conditioning your deer herd and conditioning them big bucks to you and your scent and, and stuff, but which a lot of guys will say is, is bullshit, but whatever. Um, so as far as the cameras go, um, I like going in, setting a cell cam, whether it's a Spartan, whether it's a Browning, whether it's a Tacticam, you know, I'm not paid to say any name, but there's a lot of good ones out there. Um, use one where the price point is good for you. Um, I like the Spartans personally, just because I've had a lot of luck with them, but I know guys that have a lot of luck with Tacticams, a lot of luck with Brownings and just whatever you want to do. But what I'm getting at is when you go in and you set that camera, don't just set it on a tree facing, okay. let's say there's a scrape, right? You don't just set it facing the scrape. You know, if you can get that thing elevated, so it's out of that deer's eyesight, you know, line of sight. So that way it's not spook, you know, them, them deer get camera shy. Okay. You know, if you can get it up there, you know, above them, so where, where it's coming down at them. Hmm, okay. Didn't think about that. Yeah, that sun rises in the east, sets in the west. If you got your fam, you know, your camera facing to the west, it's going to be hard to take pictures, right? Yeah. You know, until the sun goes down. So Do you think... a lot of times I'll face them so they're, so they're facing north. Yeah. Will that have less effect as far as like branches growing up in front of it and like doing like a little bit of like leaf twitchies? Like when you get like those, like you'll get a hundred pictures of like a leaf, like, yeah, there, like that. Yeah. You know, on your camera, there's some sensitivity settings and different things that you can mess with a little bit, but overall you're going to want to make sure that, you know, you don't have it down low on a bunch of tall grass that's blowing all day and yeah. setting your camera off, you know, yeah. get it up in the air, you know, get some branches, get stuff out of the way. So that way you can see what you're looking at. Okay. So since I initially started blowing you up that morning at 5 a.m. Yeah. saying that I wanted to do this. Yeah. And you gave me some advice that day, which I appreciated. Uh, I actually had some success, moved my awesome. trail cam to some spots that you suggested. And I actually got uh, a pretty nice buck that I'm excited about. He's cool. a 10 point and he was, he was, he was cool. I'm into him. Awesome. And all of a sudden now I'm getting like coons and turkeys. <laughs> I haven't seen them in a minute and nothing's changed. So what do you think? Like, I know season's kind of going on and stuff's like changing, yeah. but like, it's obviously a spot that he's been in. I saw him like every night for a couple weeks and now stuff's changed. Like, h- how should I, how, how should you play that? Like, obviously he could be there, there's, around. Yeah. But... There's, there's a lot of variables, but I assume this early that, you know, possibly them, them beans started to turn yellow or whatever his food source was. And, you know, he changed food sources, you know, every day he was coming by that camera or there could have been influx from a neighboring property. There could have been some type of pressure that you don't know about because you know, you're at work all day. Yeah. So I think it just changed. A lot of times I blame it on food source, you know, they're switching food source because you know, we're not baiting in Michigan. So, um, I think it's food source this early in the year, later in the year, he could be out, looking for other dose yeah you know running scrape line he might only come through every two three days four days okay you know i know guys that swear that a certain week every year is the only week they see this big buck yeah um i shot a big buck in saskatchewan a few years ago and i remember my guide at the time telling me like hey man like this deer he's only here for a couple weeks man we got to capitalize and i was lucky enough to shoot that deer but it was just kind of ironic he was they were only seeing him on camera every sunday and I ended up shooting that deer at 4.30 on a Sunday. Wow. It was amazing. So. Huh. That's crazy. 
some of it I don't think can be explained. Yeah. But they're creatures of habit. Yeah. Wow. That's bananas. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Um, any other advice for someone who's trying to get out there? And obviously trail cams are a really good place to start, but anything else that you recommend just right off the rip as far as someone who's getting out there, maybe it's your first season and you really don't know where the hell to start. Yeah. Um, Take some time, and if you want to go hunt a certain piece of property, whether it be private, whether it be public, take a few days. Take a actually, you know what? <laughs> if you want to be serious about it, take a couple of months, and you know, and use a pair of binoculars, and and just sit back and kind of watch the deer movement and understand what they're doing, and you know, get to get an idea of what's going on, you know, with the surroundings. Understand the neighbor and the impact and. There might be a lady that walks her dog every night at seven o'clock and spooks the deer. And, you know, you just got to understand your surroundings and what's going on. And your fellow hunters, if you're on public land, you need to understand how to manipulate that situation so they're not messing you up. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of different things and it is real intimidating, but make sure that you're good with your bow before you go in the woods. Make sure you're good with your gun before you go in the woods. You know, take the time. Um, reach out and ask questions to the to the nearest person to you that you know that kills the type of deer that you want to kill yeah um you know if you have somebody near you that's that's a big hunter that that shoots a lot of deer get in their ear ask them some questions yeah. you know it's hard getting that information but do everything you can you know talk to your local uh guy at the bow shop um you know locally here at brown's uh boys he's awesome you know he's always talking to guys and helping guys that are struggling that are new to the archery game or whatever it might be you know people will give up a little bit of info and you just got to kind of learn how to read through the bullshit yeah for sure <laughs> you know go yeah. with an outfitter go with a guide a little bit you know when i first started goose hunting i went with like five different guides and i picked what i loved about goose hunting with every single one of them and what i thought worked what I saw working, what I see didn't work. Same thing with duck hunting yeah. that you love so much. Mm -hmm. And, and now, I mean, I can go out and just crush geese, but you know, I got to compliment all them guys, you know, Rob Stanley over in Canada, you know, buck country up in Saskatchewan. I'm not trying to name drop. I'm just saying, you know, like legitimate outfits. I went and I took the best little thing that they were doing yeah and just brought that into my rig and it yeah. made me, you know so and i would say like even just for me getting started i mean obviously i'm more experienced with duck hunting i feel like i've yeah. been doing that for you know five or six years now um pretty intensely um but every single hunt i go on i still pepper people with questions whether it's a guided hunt or just going people with you know new friends and, yeah. and different people pepper people with questions about everything that they're doing what they're shooting why you know what they're using just because i feel like everyone's bringing different thoughts um approaches to the table different experiences at the table and you can try and pick something up so i feel like that's really important and i'll have people that if it is a guided hunt, they're like, all right, what's your experience? I'm like, treat me like I have none. They're like, what? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. no, seriously, treat it like I have no experience. Why are you shooting that? Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, explain it all to me. Yeah. Because every single spot, everything, every, every day is going to be a new hunt. So please explain everything to me. Um, you know, like it's a brand new hunt. Like I've never done it before. Um, I also feel like that approach kind of, 
opens it up to everybody to be a little bit more vulnerable and to mm-hmm. maybe ask some questions. Like they've got me sitting down the blind asking all these random questions. They're like, all right, if she's <laughs> asking all this, maybe I can ask that question that's yeah. been burning in my heart for 20 years. Um, and that's been, that's been fun. We've had a lot of, enjo- I've gotten a lot of enjoyment out of that. Oh, yeah. um, and I feel like everyone's kind of learned a little bit out of it. Well, making, so. making other people that want to get involved feeling comfortable is, is huge you know like you and I are really involved with safari club and just trying to get younger people when I say younger I'm talking like 45 down <laughs> trying to get anybody involved is tough because yeah. it's intimidating and people are quick to judge and you know it's like you know what did your buck score every time you shoot a buck they're like you know what did your buck score like instead of you know tell me about the hunt and how was your experience i grew up shooting spike horns in west branch west branch michigan i mean they were you know they had to be three and a half inches and they were about four inches when we shot them (laughs) and it was about the hunt and the camaraderie and seeing my uncle and seeing my dad and and all the guys that usually came up and there was one guy that always came up that stopped and it took him like the whole day to get there because he would during uh sugar beet harvest he would pick up sugar beets all the way along the road back when you could bait because he wasn't buying any bait so i mean i remember that more than i remember what the deer scored yeah and now it's like okay how big how what did he score like yeah. who gives a shit what he scored right how about the question like how old was he was he mature like yeah. you know the true stuff about conservation that people really just don't care about anymore. Yeah, exactly. So it's important to teach people when they come on board about that kind of stuff. Yeah, I agree 100%. Well, I'm excited that we're doing this because I think it is really important to make it more of a welcoming environment. I think it's important to remind people that not every single hunt is going to be successful and that every single hunt um, is about getting that, that money shot with a monster buck, you know, it's about getting out there, enjoying the outdoors, enjoying the pursuit of wild game, about making memories with friends, about appreciating the gifts that we have. Um, you know, I'm a huge fan of Michigan. I think we live oh, in one of the most beautiful places. Yeah. We're going to talk about a ton of different um, activities and sports that we have here in our state that, you know, we are blessed with. Um but making it more accessible to people by putting the information out there and ask, being able to ask these questions. And I think it's so, so, so important that we're doing this. I'm excited. So I appreciate you being able to do that. Yeah. And I just want to encourage people. If you have questions, I know Mike was encouraging you to ask people that, you know, um, locally, but if you don't have anybody or you don't have anyone that you feel comfortable, you know, consider reaching out to us, yeah, you know, absolutely. Mike and I are, I don't know everything. That's why I come to Mike. I don't um, know everything either, but I would love to help. Yeah. And I'm not going to judge you. And I don't have anything negative to say about any question. And I'm I'm sure along the way, I'm going to be able to learn some stuff from you guys too. So. Yeah. And our whole podcast is going to be, you know, answering my questions. I've got a million, but answering your questions. So please feel free to ask questions in our comments, or you can direct message us as well. And we'll make sure to try and answer everyone's questions, you know, in podcasts, or we can direct message you back and make sure that we answer your guys' questions in a timely manner so that we can answer those for everyone. So thank you so much for listening. Um, Please give us any feedback and we're excited to, you know, get outdoors with you guys and, and be a part of your journey. So once again, this is Mike D and Carly B with Hunting Truce. Thank you very much. We appreciate everyone out there. 
and do not be shy to holler at us. We're here to help. Thank you.